And I felt guilty because for me, it was like, all right, you know, they call me a hero. They're saying this, they're saying this. But yet I'm here at their house when they don't know what I go through when I go at the end of the day when I go home. Hey there, my name is Sean and this is Suicide Noted. On this podcast, I talk with suicide attempt survivors so that we can hear their stories. Every year around the world, millions of people try to take their own lives and we almost never talk about it. And when we do, many of us, including me, we're not very good at it. So one of my goals with this podcast is to have more conversations and better conversations with attempt survivors. Now, we are talking about suicide. This may not be a good fit for everyone. Please take that into account before you listen. I do hope you listen because there is so much to learn. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to share your story, I'd love to talk. You can reach out hello at suicidenoted.com or message us on Facebook or Twitter at Suicide Noted. As always, we thank everybody who is involved in this podcast, those of you out there who have joined me on this podcast to share your stories, and of course, all of our listeners around the world. If you'd like to help us out, there's a few things you can do. Listening is enough. If you want to let folks know about it, that will help. If you listen on Apple and you rate and review the podcast, that will help. We also have a Patreon page. I'll put that information in the show notes if you'd like to help us out. With a financial contribution, that is also an option. Today, I am talking with Bree. Bree lives in New Jersey, and she is a suicide attempt survivor. Hello, Bree. You are the first person I believe I've talked to for this podcast who resides in the great state of New Jersey, the Garden State. So thank you. How did we find each other? Do you remember? You have posted something in the um, suicide survivor group I'm in. Mm. And I had saw the post. Got it. And I listened to an episode. Let me back up. Let me ask you this question. Why are you part of that group, that Facebook group? You know, I don't have people around me mm-hmm. who, are, who have been in the same situation I've been in mm-hmm. with wanting, with having to already try to commit suicide. So for me, it was to just read other people's stories. Yeah. There's just something about hearing other people's stories, right? Yeah. They're on the page or in your ear on a podcast that seemed to be something that's good. How, do you have one attempt or more than one attempt, Bree? I've had one attempt. One attempt. You want to tell me about that one? What led up to it? What it was like? I'll probably ask a few questions while you're doing that. Um, so at the time I had tried, I'd had a, tried to commit, I was living in the middle of the country. Mm-hmm. I was living in Iowa. Wait, hang on. Wait, wait, wait. Iowa. So I had decided to volunteer my time with AmeriCorps. Okay. A um F5 tornado had hit, had went through one of the towns Got in the it. summer of 2018. So I found out that AmeriCorps was looking for people to join with Habitat for Humanity to volunteer their time to help rebuild the town. And I decided to go. At the time I was in New York in mm-hmm. trade school. So I decided to leave all that and move to Iowa, a state I 
barely heard of. <laughs> I only knew the capital city and then go to a state where I didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard. Yeah. It was just like one day out of nowhere, I was just like, you know what? I'm tired. Because at the time I was also in active addiction and I was trying to stop myself from drinking. You were, you were a drinker? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So in trying to stop drinking, I think it lasted for like two months because right after I had attempted, I had just relapsed. But when I realized that I was having a hard time surviving without family and then without mm. drinking now, it just got too much for me. When you say without family, you you don't have family? You had They were back in Jersey or New York? They were back at home in Jersey. Okay. So it was me by myself. Yeah. And how old were you at that time? 22. How long had you been sort of dealing with, or maybe the right word is battling, uh, your addiction with alcohol? I had been battling it only for a few months when I had fell into alcohol. I fell into it quickly. I, it's just like I just fell right into it. And I have a I have a second mom in my life. And right at the bat, my second mom was like, Brie, you have an addiction. Because mm. every time we would talk, I would talk about drinking. And she told me I, ha- I had an addiction. She was like, you need to stop. You need to stop. Don't slow down. Just stop. And I came up with every excuse as to why I didn't want to do that. But when I realized, okay, this is really a problem, I was like, all right, I'm going to stop. Yeah. And that was, I just quit cold turkey, not realizing that I should have had support sure. around me at the same time. Yeah. It's a little easier in hindsight to figure this stuff out, right? Yeah. Looking back. Tough question here. Why do you think that you drank? A little bit more sense of freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, I moved out to, it was when I moved to Iowa, I started drinking. When I was at home, my parents, I didn't have valid ID to go buy a drink. Mm-hmm. And then when I was in trade school, trade school had a zero tolerance policy. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, I'm going to go to Iowa. I have a valid ID now. Mm. I can do as I please. And I don't have anybody around me telling me no. Yeah. So you'd work during the day helping them with houses? Yes. And then at night, you'd buy some booze and hang out and drink? Yeah, by myself. And at the same time, I was self-harming at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so also drinking was another attempt for me to stop self-harming. Ah, okay. Because I didn't realize at the time that drinking was another way of self-harming. Yeah, you're replacing one with another in, in some ways, right? Yeah. I am curious. Uh, I'm not a therapist. I'm not looking to dig into your, your past and all that. But I'm curious. So like as a kid or as a teenager, what's your life like? Is it pretty smooth? Is it pretty rough? Is it a little bit of both? My life was a little bit of both. It was pretty smooth. I mean, I had an amazing home life. You know, I'm adopted and these amazing people adopted me when I was little. But on the other hand, my school life up until seventh grade, it was was almost a horror story at times. How so? February of 2009, I was beaten in school for two days by a classmate with nobody doing anything. Wow. And that was the first time I had wanted to commit suicide, but did not. They just beat you up for two days? For two days. And I was fighting for myself. Yeah. Because I realized like, okay, nobody's not going to help me out. Yeah. Did anybody, I'm just curious, did anybody know and see it and they just walked away? You know, everybody just said to, to the kid, like, they were just like, stop, leave her alone. She's not doing anything to you. And that was it. Hmm. That was it. And at the time, and you, nobody even considered it bullying because I was fighting back. Wow. 
Well, I mean, what the hell are you supposed to do, right? Yeah. So you had some ideations or some thoughts about ending your life then. I did. And you didn't, obviously you didn't act on them. Did you come close or you just sort of ideated or what happened with that? I just ideated. Like what had happened was um, there was a teacher that I had really liked. And I just said to her one day after school, I was just like, oh, do you have advice for somebody who wants to commit suicide? And she immediately knew I was talking about myself mm. and she was going to tell somebody, but I begged her not to. And right. she told me that if I came to school the following day without any bruises, she was going to keep it to herself. And so that was it. I did so for like an entire week. I was at home self-isolating mm-hmm. because of that whole situation. And one day my mom just, my mom just found out, my mom realized something wasn't right. I was sitting down eating dinner. And my mom was like, something's not right with you. I'm your mother. I, I can tell something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And I told her immediately what had happened. Mm. And I told her I had went to commit suicide. And she immediately called my guidance counselor. And the next day, they had a few different psychiatrists after school trying to piece together what was going on. What they come up with? They end up saying that they felt like I was not a danger to myself. Even though, I mean, I, I did tell them I did have a plan because I did. You did? I did. What was it? My plan was just to overdose on medication. And then, yeah, like, and then they just had, I remember the school had the security guard, like, with me pretty much throughout, like, half of the day. Because at the same time, the kid who did this was still in my classes. So did that did that situation just sort of fix itself? The kid left you alone? No, um, throughout the rest of that school year, the kid continued. Was he just a dick? I think so. Yeah, I mean, some people are just assholes. Because he also had, a lot, well, he also got his friends to... Do the same thing to me. Man. So that's when you were, I, I might not have the math right here. What are you about? 14 at the time? I was 12. 12. Wow. Okay. So then you go and you're like living life, right? You're junior high, high school. High school. Everything's normal. Yeah. I'm having fun with my life. I was barely a rebel. Mm-hmm. I barely had a rebellion stage. You know, I had a few fails in life where I tried to do something, failed at it. And then, like, everything was just normal. I moved to Connecticut. So I moved around a lot my, yeah, by yeah. myself for a year. After high school? About a year after high school. You went to Connecticut. Okay. Went to Connecticut, to Connecticut went to trade school there for a year. What kind of trade are we talking about? Um, So I went to a school called Job Corps, mm-hmm. where I did um culinary arts. Oh, sweet. I got myself into trouble was it wasn't really anything major. It was me just being 18, being 18, 19, 20 was mm-hmm. like, hey, nobody can't tell me what to do. And after a year, I moved back home where um, my dad, who was my adoptive dad, his health was starting to fail. So I was home taking care of, taking care of him for a little bit. Mm-hmm. At the same time, trying to find a job and trying to figure out, okay, what's next? After being home for, for a year and a half, something like that, I'm just like, all right. I need to get my life together. Mm. So I'm like, right, I'm going to go back to Job Corps, but I'm going to go to New York. I took a security. So, so I have received my New York state security license. Mm-hmm. By the time I got to Job Corps, like I'm really depressed. I was so depressed. Everybody around me thought I was going to end up committing suicide within a few months. Um, Even though I had never at the time was even thinking of that. I just wanted to get myself figured out. Yeah. At the same time, I was self-harming. So with the self-harming, everybody's like, yeah, you're going to die. You're going to kill yourself. 
What kind of self-harming were you doing? I was just cutting my arms. Okay. When people in your life all think, man, Bree's depressed. She's really depressed. Like, what, what does that look like? Were you quiet? Were you, like, what did it look like? How were you acting? I was really quiet. I wasn't really eating a lot. I remember a staff at Job Corps would sometimes bring me sandwiches at like midnight. Stuff isolate. Something that I owned was always end up breaking. And then like, just to look at my face, it was like, I was pale. My eyes were dilated. Were you depressed? I was. Did you ever go to anybody who like sort of formally diagnosed you? In the years leading up? Yeah. I was formally diagnosed with, with some stuff, with depression. Uh-huh. I think I had, I had another, depression and anxiety. Okay. This can be tough. For and sure. then initially, I was also diagnosed with bipolar. So it was like, now get to the stage of my life. I didn't want anybody to know. Right. Because at the time from what I was hearing about mental health, it wasn't good. Yeah. So I kept it from everybody. Were you going to a doctor or taking medication or something to, to treat it? Or are you just trying to tough it out? Once I got to Job Corps, I started taking medication because then I realized, okay, at that point, I could not manage it on my own. And so how long did Job Corps last until you went to Iowa? I got to Job Corps May and I left for Iowa a few days after Thanksgiving of the same year. 2018. 2018. Iowa. Solo. Start drinking. How long are you in Iowa before you try? Two and a half months. And how long in Iowa while you were there were you thinking about it? I pretty much woke up one day on the day that I had attempted. I just woke up that morning and said that it was over for me. Not the day before. Not the day before that day. Any any idea what the difference was? Probably not. I don't think I don't think there was really no difference. Yeah. I mean, if there if there was, I can't pinpoint it. Fair. So share share it with me in as much as you are comfortable what that day was like what happened i woke up that morning and that morning i was it was like the end of february and i was just like all right i'm tired not like i'm tired like i want to go back to sleep i was emotionally mentally t- drained yeah and at the time you know it's like i was living in iowa and i had i was working you know working on people's houses like the homeowners some of them were interested in knowing where my team came from because they knew that all of us did not come from Iowa. And so when I would tell them that I'm from New Jersey, they were just like, oh, yeah, you know, you're a hero. You know, you're something special for coming to help us. And I knew that I was battling my own demons. I didn't know it would be that deep. Mm. And I felt guilty because for me, it was like, all right, you know, they call me a hero. They're saying this, they're saying this. But yet I'm here at their house when they don't know what I go through when I go at the end of the day, when I go home. Mm-hmm. So at one Wednesday morning, I just woke up and I was like, all right, it's over. I had about, I think it was like, it was like six to eight medications. And I was like, all right, I'm going to take as much of these as I can. I think I took about like 18 or 20 pills. I just acted as if that day was. And then after that, I just acted as if everything was normal. Wait a second. So when you took the pills, what happened? There was no effect immediately. So I just went. Yeah. So it would be like another two hours before an effect would take place. So mm-hmm. I just went on because I didn't want anybody to know what I had just did. I had gotten on site to a house to work. And I realized that at that time, it was like my body started to weaken. 
and I couldn't stand up for no more than five minutes at a time. Mm. So I had asked my supervisor if I can go home and rest. And I lied to my supervisor. I told my supervisor I was sick. And I told that like I had um to start taking some new medication and I was sick and I need to go home. So they believed me, took me back to the house. And the minute I opened up the door, end up running to the bathroom. Because all those medications end up just throwing them up. Sure. And then I went to sleep. And I think by the time I went to sleep, it was like 1030. And I didn't wake up till six. Didn't go to the hospital. No, because I didn't want anybody to know what had happened at the time. Yeah. So how long do you stay in Iowa then after that experience? So after that, I would I was only there for another. That was February, March, April, May. June. I was only there for another four months. All right. Is that 18 or 19? 2018 or 2019? By the time it was 2019. All right. So it's not that long ago. No. All right. And so then you went back to Jersey? I moved to, so I went to Florida. Wow. Because then shortly after the attempt, I relapsed without, with my addiction. Like two months later, I had wanted to get another miracle position somewhere else. And they told me about a zero tolerance policy with drugs and alcohol. So after that, I was like, all right, it is time to actually go get help. Mm. So I went to rehab in Florida. Help? Yeah. Yeah? So now, so you were able to stop drinking? I was. Well, that's great. That's got to be tough, man. Then go back up to Jersey? I just moved up back up to Jersey back in November. I mean, I was in Florida for over, for a little over a year. During the lockdown? Yeah. Mm, so you moved back to Jersey. All right. Huh. How's that been? So the lockdown hasn't put you in a place where you wanted to drink? Not really. So while the states were pretty much on lockdown itself, I was in rehab for the third time. Mm-hmm. Not because I had relapsed, because I realized that there were just some issues I need to take care of still. So I, yeah. took out, so I decided to go back. But um, even during lockdown, there were times when I'm just like, you know, I wanted to drink. Um, I did lose my dad due to COVID shortly after the lockdown started. So it was in that time like I wanted to, but knew that at that point I had come really far. Yeah. And I was like, okay, it's not going to be worth it. What I started to realize was drinking is like, okay, it's going to probably satisfy me for a little bit, but in the long run, it's not really going to satisfy me. I'm just going to feel guilty that I did it. Yeah. Since all that from Iowa and then Florida and Jersey, and then you got through alcohol stuff and you beat that. Do you ideate? No. You don't think about ending your life these days? I don't. Because at this point in my life, like I've realized, okay, I have a lot that I still have to live for. Mm -hmm. And then after the death of my father, I was like, okay, I really need to step up. Mm. Because now I have people who I need to look out for. You have other people in your family? Yeah. Yeah. How many people in the world know about that day in Iowa, your attempt? Not a lot. Yeah. I um end up revealing to, to my second mom about a month later what had happened because she had posted something on her Facebook page. So I, I text her and I started talking about with her. And then how, and at some, I was trying to plan on getting, I have tattoos. So mm. I was planning on getting my fifth tattoo at the time and I decided at the time I was like all right I'm gonna get something to commemorate that day and mm -hmm. I was talking to my second mom about it and that's when I revealed to her what had happened how'd she respond you know she was just like you know why didn't you tell me she and then she was just like you know I'm really concerned for you and that was it mm. and then it was like after that 
like we was already talking multiple times a day after that it was just now definitely it was like if I didn't text her by a certain time she would text me to make sure I was okay Mm -hmm. and that's what it really became sort of checking in on you yeah so when you think about the stuff you've battled right so it's addiction uh some depression anxiety the attempt all that stuff what are if any some myths around that the stuff that you know as people are hearing this you from your lived experience want to say nah you're hearing one thing but that's not true just because somebody really attempts suicide doesn't mean they really really want to die Mm -hmm. at times it can just be a cry for help Mm -hmm. because sometimes the only way they might they may really receive help is if they actually attempt that's one thing I've realized. If somebody says, I'm going to kill myself, people are just like, no, you're not. Until they actually do it. And then when they do it, then if they had told somebody that they were going to do it, then that person would be like, it now just says, oh, I wish I would have did something. Mm-hmm. But then it was like, well, you had the opportunity to do something. Right. If someone tells you how they're feeling, you believe them, right? Yeah, even if you do not think they'll do it, because in that moment, you really don't know their mindset it doesn't matter believe them yeah it makes sense what you're saying totally it seems like we we spend a lot of time in sort of crises intervention or management not much on the maybe the prevention you know we react strongly culturally i mean but we don't really do enough before it gets there you know so what are you doing these days i know it's a tricky time in the world with lockdowns and this and that um but you're here still yeah. Uh, you made it through that day in Iowa and your uh, addiction, which is amazing. Uh, well, how do you spend your days now? So now I um, I am a full-time student. Where do you go to school? I go to school at Independence University. I do it online. Okay, cool. Majoring in graphic design. Nice. And during the day, because I do that at night, during the day I am I work full-time as an assistant preschool teacher. Really? So you're dealing with super little kids? Yes. You like it? I do. Mm-hmm. Working with them, it makes me just so glad that I never actually, like the suicide attempt just was only an attempt. It wasn't something that actually happened. Yeah. Because the kids, they make my they make my days worthwhile. Wow. What do they call you? They call me Miss Bree. Miss Bree. I love it. So, And you're in Jersey? I'm in Jersey. You're teaching or helping out teaching with those little kids and you're at in school to be graphic designer or something in that field. Cool. So no more trade school. No. Don't drink. Yeah, I'm about to hit two years sober in nice. June. I'm Congrats. definitely not going back. Congrats. Do you go to AA? No, I've chosen not to. Yeah. So you've just, been able to, yeah. How do you get yeah. support for that or, or community or whatever? No, my thing is one of the biggest things I dislike is losing things and people that I love. So I know that if I go pick up another drink, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to quit my job, which I really love. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to disappoint those around me. Uh, yeah, no, that makes sense. Some people I know, they they lean heavily on groups, AA being one of them. But if you can do it on your own, man. So do you do anything else to deal with the mental health stuff preventatively? It sounds like you're doing some stuff. What I mean by that is like therapy, uh, medication or anything else that that just um, aids you in addition to what you shared no 
I mean, I'm trying right now to get into therapy. So I'll see yeah. how that goes. Do you think that you will try again or might try again in the future? No. At that point, I just feel like if I was to, that means yeah. I just lost everything that I had. People who hear this, I imagine that there are either people who are attempt survivors or not feeling so hot, or maybe somebody in their life is like that. Without really knowing much about them, you want to say anything to them? You know, um, to anybody who might be thinking about it, just keep going. Mm-hmm. I know this sounds cliche, but there's always a light at the end of the tunnel and you'll find it. In addition to playing with little kids and working with them, what is one or more things that you do for joy, for fun? What do you like to do? Um, I write poetry and music. You play an instrument? No. Me neither. I just, I just I write. I want to play. You do? Do you buy it? You, you have a poem you want to share? You could just read it. No, no pressure. No pressure. No, I have I have one off I have one that I memorized that I have wrote about my dad right after he died. And he died due to COVID? He died due to COVID. And I wrote one right after he died. You want to share it? Yeah. Oh, awesome. I'd love to hear it. All right. I'll wake up every day and realize I still miss you. Look at back the sky. Daddy, I want to see you. Listen to your voice. I need your wisdom. I know you're looking. You see me from God's kingdom. You always told me you wanted to hear God say, well done. Well, on April 2nd, you heard him say that. They told me at 85, you lived a full life, but I saw you take everything and strive. I'm your baby girl, the one who's just like you. That's why those around us, they called me little Leo. You gave me everything, but I never asked you. Worked so hard, never taken vacation. And every two weeks, you brought home the bacon. You always told me, I don't know, wasn't a response. But when you died, that became my answer. My heart broken in pieces, body filled with grief. At times it got so bad, I couldn't even breathe. COVID and dementia, why you and not me? Dementia made you change. COVID claimed your life. I'll forever remember that night. Daddy, I hope you hear me. I promise I'll make you smile. I'll carry your legacy. I'm your chosen one. Daddy. I'll see you again. And when I do, we'll be together forever. Mm, fantastic, Brie. He's smiling. He's smiling after hearing that for sure, man. That was beautiful. Thank you. He passed what in, um, you said in the spring? He passed April 2nd last year. I, I don't want to get weird, but I'm sure he and the people in your life are pretty damn happy i guess is the right word maybe that's not the right word that uh yeah that i don't know what we call it like failed attempt i don't people get weird with that language you know but uh, but you know what i mean right like yeah. it didn't work you're here and there are people in the world uh who are pro- who are certainly like Whew. okay yeah. glad for that keep writing that poetry yeah do you have anything else Big open question uh, that you'd like to share, sort of open-ended. That's something I maybe didn't ask or you wanted to talk about? I think I'm good. (laughs) You good? Yeah. I appreciate it. I really do. Thank you. I know, um, just like you were saying with the Facebook group, that you like to hear or read other people's stories, but now more people can hear your story, and I'm sure it's going to help. So 
I appreciate it. All right, Bree. Thanks again. I really thank appreciate you. it. Keep writing your poetry and doing what you're doing. Oh, thank you. All right. Take care. Have a good day. Too. All right. Bye. Bye. As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support. And special thanks to Bree up in the Garden State, New Jersey. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to talk, please reach out. Hello at suicidenoted.com or message us on Twitter or Facebook at Suicide Noted. And remember, if you listen on Apple, rate and review this podcast. It helps. Check out our Patreon page. That can help. Either way, we really appreciate your support. Stay strong. Do the very best you can. I'll talk to you soon.